Now, if you're sitting around saying, I'm not enough this way, I suck at this, I'm bad at this, I'm good at that imposter syndrome, blah, 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 your reticular activating system says, okay, that's important to you. I'm going to show you all the reasons you're not enough. But if I'm here saying the sun is a freaking miracle in the morning, I'm so excited to be alive. Every day is a new opportunity to grow. My reticular activating system says, hey, there's that flower that sort of looks like a heart on the ground. That's your opportunity to grow today. Like, oh my gosh, like go bananas. Like, and I wouldn't have seen it if I was focusing on the negative all the time. Hey, welcome to the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast, where it is my goal to help you see what is possible for your business, for your life, and for the sales that are going to get you there. Get ready to be inspired and supported while you launch and grow your health and wellness business. I'm Nicole Kramer, coach, sales expert, and health and wellness fanatic. Each week, I will be having amazing guest experts that will share with us their knowledge on mindset, money, how to attract your dream clients, successfully close sales, and so much more. Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. So I just finished recording the episode you're about to listen to with Nicole Baker. And it is incredible because you, we, we all suffer on some level from what Nicole and I talked about in this episode, which is perfectionism. And unfortunately, it's holding you back from being the version of yourself that you really want to be. And it's time for that to go away. And in this episode, we talk about what perfectionism is, why people suffer from it, and what you can do to suffer a lot less from it. (laughs) Move closer towards those non-perfectionist ways. And the really funny thing is you get to hear in the middle of the episode how the episode became very unperfect, imperfect. I don't know. Anyways, check it out. You're going to love it. Make sure you have something to write with because there's some great tips in here. Enjoy. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode. I am so excited to be here. I'm your host, Nicole, and my guest today is named Nicole as well. So you've got double trouble on today's episode. Not only that, but what we're about to talk about, what Nicole helps people with is something that you suffer from. I promise everybody on some level struggles with what we are going to talk about today. And I want you to eliminate it from your experience because it's ultimately holding you back from the life that you want. And ultimately, that is perfectionism. So we're going to talk about that today because Nicole is a coach for perfectionists. So first of all, welcome, Nicole. So happy to have you here. I love this. It's like Nicole squared. This is so fun. (laughs) It is double trouble, Nicole squared, all about it. I love it. Well, welcome. Let me let me give you guys a little context for Nicole and who she is. I've known her now for a while. We did an interview on her podcast. Um, she actually attended one of my workshops where I teach exactly what to say. And now here we are getting to share with my audience some of this value about how you can get rid of your perfectionist ways so that you can actually live the life that you really want to live because that's what's holding you back from it. So here's who Nicole is. Nicole Baker is a coach who helps high achievers ditch perfectionism, cut the hustle and start achieving goals with fun and fulfillment. Having grown up in a family immersed in the personal development world, she has been attending seminars and absorbing personal growth tools her whole life, and she has since helped hundreds of perfectionists accomplish goals ranging from starting their own businesses to finishing a half marathon. She has been featured in Authority Magazine, Thrive Global, Voyage Denver, the Self-Helpless Podcast, 
and the Mighty Plus is the CEO of Life Coach Baker and the host of the Life Coach Baker podcast. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to be here today. You know, it's so funny because right before you and I started recording, we were talking about like, okay, talking about like kind of bringing my story into this. And I realized in there, it's like I've been absorbing these tools my whole life. And the truth is, I've been involved with these tools my whole life. I started absorbing them when I had to. Mm. And I, I listened to that. I was like, I might need to do some rewording in that because I think that that's really important to highlight that it's really until I had to when I was like, I need to put these things that I know into motion. Yeah. Which is a very different outcome. Yes. It's like when the when the student is ready, the teacher. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And my we're teacher teaching it. Yeah. That was the big thing. Because my dad, I'll go ahead and give a little bit of background. So I grew up, like I said, it's like the bio in states. I grew up in a family very heavily immersed in the personal development world. My parents worked for some of the top dogs in the industry for many, 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 many years. And I remember we would be like traveling to Oklahoma. We'd be listening to Tony Robbins tapes. I'd be going to Hawaii to attend seminars and do the firewalks and like all that kind of stuff. I didn't do the firewalks. I was too. But I'd be like climbing the poles and like all this stuff. And I loved the world so much. I became so obsessed with watching people have those moments of like, oh my God, I'm enough. Like that moment is so precious. And I I remember so clearly seeing it when I was younger. But when you felt it early on, very you, were, so. you oh, felt that connection at those events. I definitely did. I remember just like loving the the positivity. I remember the energy, not even positivity, the energy. There's a mm-hmm. different energy when we're in a room surrounded with people who are stepping into their full power. I became obsessed with it. But when I was in middle school, actually even before that, I was when I was in elementary school. I started becoming very severely bullied, like locked in a bathroom, beat up, called names. I will never call another human being in my entire life. And it was in one of the mental beatdowns that I was receiving that I had this moment of like, I can't be my full power. I can't be myself. I'll get hurt. I'll continue getting hurt. So I need to be quiet. I need to be perfect or else I will keep having this happen to me. And it was almost like, a flip of the switch. Like I became silent and I was not a silent kid. I was loud. I was all up in everyone's business. And I just became a completely different person. I, I was really shut down. Exactly. It didn't feel safe at all. Yeah. However, when I started dabbling into theater, I really loved musical theater. And I found a, not my voice, but I found a character's voice. And that was like an outlet for me to be loud in. And it was so precious for me. And I am a little bit of an overachiever, just like you are, maybe a little bit, Nicole. I said, I'm not only going to go to a school for musical theater, I'm going to go to the best dang school in the nation for musical theater. And I did. I went to one of the top schools in the nation. And it was my junior year when my professor sat me down and said, your perfectionism or your confidence is so bad. You need to perform a miracle or you're not able to graduate. And he was very kind about it. I adore this man so much. But that was the moment of like, I need to start using these tools mm-hmm. because I know these tools in my head. I know how to change your state. I know the power of the triad. I know the power of physicality, but I wasn't using them. Mm-hmm. I was staying quiet. I was terrified to sing in public. I was at a performing art school and I was terrified to sing in public. And finally, I called my dad just like broken down in tears. And I said, 
I need you to coach me. And he was one of like the top coaches in Tony Robbins world. And he was like, are you sure? (laughs) We're not half-assing this. I need to buy in here. (laughs) Literally. And I was like, I need to hit this. Like I was at, I was at the the point of like, I'm going to lose my dream if I don't get this together. I need help. And so bless that sweet, wonderful man. He started coaching me relentlessly. And what was it? Like a year and a half later, not only did I graduate, I graduated cum laude. And now I'm actually asked back to the program to teach masterclasses on perfectionism and how it affects your performance. So it's really cool how it all just like totally full circle. But it wasn't until I started using them that I started noticing the power of my mind and how it completely transforms your reality. Totally. That's my little story. I love that. Well, and and obviously, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appeared, you were open, yeah. you were ready, but you acknowledged, oh, I know these tools and I haven't been using them. I think yeah. that's the case often for people, right? It's like, I was just talking to my, my group, my clients a little bit ago today. And I was like, listen, it's not that I don't know how to get a six pack. The mm-hmm. information is out there. I'm not doing it. I'm not yeah. using the tools. And I think that happens so often. And then you saw a need for them. You used them and became a totally different version of you. It became something where I was like, I must change. Like it was not a, uh, it'd be nice to be more confident. It was my dream that I worked my little took us off to get to is on the line. And while I didn't make it to Broadway or anything, I did end up going to Chicago and performing quite a bit. And I continued using those tools and I was in a bit of a like dry spell in the, sh- in the world. And I realized I wasn't using them regularly. Like I kind of took a little break, heavy air quotes. I thought I had mastered them. Let's be real. I thought my ego was so good. I was like, I got it. So about six months go by and I don't book anything. And I'm like beating myself up for it. I'm going to auditions and tanking. It wasn't working. And finally, I was just like, okay, deep, 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 deep. Coach Baker, I need you. <laughs> I call my dad again. And again, coach me relentlessly the next week, literally less than a week later, I booked a lead in a musical and it was the last musical I ever did. What was it? It was fun home. I was medium Allison and it was one of the best experiences of my entire life. It was wonderful. That's amazing. What was one of your favorite musicals that you were ever in? I love the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. And I was, um, oh my God, I forgot her name. The one with the pigtails, he talks with a lisp the entire time. I, I love the funny, weird characters. Yeah, Everyone's like, you're blonde, you're an ingenue, you're like the Belle or, you know, the the Lori. And I'm like, I'm the weird best friend who will yeah. do whatever to to be just even stranger. Like, <laughs> that's really where my my world flies. And it's really blood into my coaching, let me tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you that. As it should, right? Let your freak flag fly and be who exactly. you are. Exactly. Somebody needs it. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. So let's talk about perfectionism. Here's what I want to dig into with you. Like I'm so over people and listen, this was me. So I'm putting myself in this category. I am so over people wearing it like a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. What's up with that? I used to do it. I get it. It's oh, yeah. like I was nobody's harder on me than myself. Like I was proud of that. And ultimately that was the thing to your point that was really holding me back. Yeah. Right? Like me being hard on myself was actually awful. Yeah. I want everyone listening, and you included, Nicole, I want everyone listening to go back to when they were kids and ask, when was the most amount of pride, or excuse me, when was the most amount of praise I received? When did Mm -hmm. I get the most amount of praise? 
odds are it was typically around when we accomplished something, mm-hmm. when we got a good grade, when we made the lead in the school play, when we um, made that final goal in the soccer game. Mm-hmm. And a little thing happens in our head when that gets praised over and over and over and over and over again. It says, unless I hit this mark, then I don't get praise, a.k.a. then I am not worthy. Mm-hmm. And so we take that mark as gospel, basically saying, if I don't hit a 10 out of 10, then pff, I fail. I'm a failure. Right. And so right. so many of us have carried that with us. And that's why a lot of us are so hard on ourselves. If I am not hitting a 10 out of 10, Nicole, you did it again. You idiot. Like you flubbed on that one word. The rest of the song was perfect, but you flubbed on that one word. And that's the only thing my brain's going to focus on because that's negativity bias. It's what our brains are focused to do. When we condition that over and over and over again, it becomes second nature. But then when we hit those points, those I'm so amazing. It's that rush of dopamine. Mm-hmm. It becomes addictive. There was actually a study recently done, and I need to find the name of the study. I've totally forgotten it. But they studied methamphetamine addiction and success and achievement addiction. Mm-hmm. Guess which one was more addictive? Mm, the success and achievement? Absolutely. It was more addictive than methamphetamine. That blew my mother effing mind. Hey, I see you working hard to get clients. You're growing a community, you're creating content, you're writing emails, whatever it is that you're doing, I know you're working hard at it. But are you actually talking to people or are you just talking at them? And I know it can feel scary to wonder if you're saying the right things. Or maybe you've had some sales calls and they've gone really well, but you don't end up with a client at the end. I totally remember that feeling. I'd have the best conversation with somebody. They were super nice, friendly, they needed what I offered, and yet, somehow the conversation would not end in me getting a client or them getting a transformation. So I finally thought, enough is enough. That's what we both want. They are coming to me in this conversation because they truly want to change. I'm coming to this conversation because I truly want to help them. So how can I make sure that by the end of the conversation, we end up with that result? So what I did is I figured out how to get really good at sales conversations and discovery calls. And that's exactly what I want to teach you inside of my Next Level Sales Group Coaching Program. If you are somebody who wants to get more one-on-one clients, you want to know exactly what to say in order to do that, and you really are all about accountability and support and community in helping yourself achieve these goals, my Next Level Sales Program is for you. We don't start until October, but right now I have some early bird specials that you're going to want to get in on. And if you're interested, you can go to the show notes and book a short call with me, and we can chat through what might be the best option for you. If getting more clients and helping more people is important to you and you want the sales system, the community, and the accountability that will help you make that happen, book a call with me today so we can chat your next level sales journey. Can't wait to hear from you. Because we need to realize this is not just like, oh, I'm so hard on myself, This, which is another way to be hard on yourself is to beat yourself up for being hard totally. on yourself. Totally. It's how our brain is conditioned, especially at such a young age. But it's not the end all be all. And a lot of people hear that like, oh, it's how it's how I'm supposed to be. Oh, darn, I get to keep beating myself up. But those moments I hit those high notes, the moments I hit that 10 out of 10, I get to celebrate myself for 10 seconds and then move on to the next thing. And then beat myself up again. And then beat yourself up again for not already being at the next thing. We realized that it is not about getting off of that hamster wheel of like chasing achievement after achievement after achievement. Instead, it's about changing the narrative of what achievement means. 
if it's heading 10 out of 10 every single time, you're setting yourself up for a very difficult life. But if it's saying, hey, I'm achieving when I take a breath in the morning, it's a very different life you're going to live. Yeah. And that is an achievement. That is something to celebrate. Like, literally, (laughs) yes, waking up, being alive. Like, and I heard this story recently, and I don't remember all the details, but essentially there was a group of guys that had gone camping together. And one of them was like enlightened and and kind of had this, you know, extra level of, of consciousness. And he woke up super early one morning and woke all the other guys up and said, you guys, I've just seen a miracle. And everybody was like, what was it? And he said, the sun came up. And like everybody kind of laughed at him. Like, I'm and going back to bed. Time, like, why wouldn't we look at those things to yeah. celebrate? But we just we overlook them because, it, and I don't want to be the expert. You are here, but we've got something attached to this idea, probably love, security, yep. safety, right? To this yep. idea of like, if I achieve, I'm safe. And all these little, th- of course, the sun's going to come up. Of course, I took a yep. breath when I woke up this morning, right? We take it for granted. Yes, I was literally just talking about this with my group program right now. We forget that those little things are still accomplishments and worthy of celebration. A lot of times we feel like, oh, unless it is, I'm in blood, sweat, and tears, then I don't have to celebrate myself. Right. Like, it no, has to it has to be hard. I, I always had this belief for a very, very, very long time. If I'm not stressed and burnt out at the end of the day, then I didn't do enough. Yep. I was miserable. I was tired. I barely had enough rejuvenating time to get up again in the morning and do it all over. I was not a fun partner to be around my sweet, wonderful fiance. Like there's so many things that were twisted in that, but yet I had so much pride. I had so much pride in it. But um, I do think it's important to point out that when we talk about like, okay, the miracle of the sun coming up, the miracle of taking a breath in the morning, there's those overachievers in the audience that are like, but if I start celebrating those little tiny things, I'm going to lose my drive. Yes. And they're afraid of not wanting to be ambitious because yeah. if I settle for being happy with that thing, how will I ever be ambitious enough to do the thing I really want to do? And it's that word. It's settle. I'm going to settle. Mm-hmm. And let me ask everyone here. If I'm thrilled by the sun being up in the morning or by taking a breath, is my energy up or down? Up. It's pretty freaking up, right? If my energy's up, am I going to be more creative, more flow state? I'm going to go through tasks a little bit faster. I'm going to have more fun and creativity in my work, in my relationships. I'm going to give more energy to other people because I'm just so overflowing all the time. Mm -hmm. That lie that we're going to settle when we start being like, oh my God, the sun's amazing is such bull. Because when we're overflowing with love and energy and fulfillment, we pour it into everything we do. Yep. And that doesn't minimize our motivation. It bumps it up to unthinkable heights. Yep. And that's yeah. what everyone forgets when well, we look at that. But what are you doing when you're doing you're you have so much that you have more to give. Yeah. Right. And it's like when you're suffering, when you're struggling, when you're low energy, you're naturally self-obsessed because you're worried about the thing that's wrong and that's what you're focused on. You're focused on you. Yes. And when you are feeling that connection to the energy of appreciation, of gratitude, you find more things to appreciate, more things to be grateful for, and you have more to give. And the way people experience you is different. And you end up creating new things in your life because of how you show up with your energy. Mm -hmm. And had you not gotten to that level, 
you probably would have stayed in the same place focusing on what's wrong with you and stayed in that same cycle, right? Yes. Gold star. That was perfect. <laughs> that was it. Exactly. Like, can I do it right? He's so good. He's so good. But like, that's really it. And um, I don't know if you've, you've talked about this on the show, but there's this thing in our brain called the reticular activating system. And it's basically this big, giant filter. At any given moment, we are taking in about 80 million bits of information from like the blood pumping through our left ear, the hair on the back of my shoulder, the fan going on overhead. And if we were consciously aware of all those 80 million things, we'd be in the floor of the fetal position constantly. We would not be able to function as human beings. So the reticular activating system is there to say, okay, what if this is not important or at least not important to you? And I'm going to delete it. I'm just going to, it doesn't matter. It's, it's not, it's not in the background. There's a, a great example here that a lot of people use that's when you're going to buy a car, I just recently was looking for a Subaru Crosstrek um, ended up switching the car, but this is a good example because it's bright orange. Like you can't miss it. Like, but I had, I missed it every time until I decided I was ready to buy one. And then they popped out of the ground like guinea pigs on the first day of spring. Like it was insane. There were so many of them, but that was my articular activating system at work. It was not important. So it blended into the background and deleted it. Suddenly it was important. Hey, here's all these things to consciously focus on. Now, if you're sitting around saying, I'm not enough this way, I suck at this, I'm bad at this, I'm good at that imposter syndrome, blah, 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 your reticular activating system says, okay, that's important to you. I'm going to show you all the reasons you're not enough. But if I'm here saying the sun is a freaking miracle in the morning, I'm so excited to be alive. Every day is a new opportunity to grow. My reticular activating system says, hey, there's that flower that sort of looks like a heart on the ground. That's your opportunity to grow today. Like, oh, my gosh, like, go bananas. Like, and I wouldn't have seen it if I was focusing on the negative all the time. Yeah. Now, those are two very dramatic examples. But you'll meet people that you wouldn't have thought you would have met. And suddenly, oh, I'm this person could help me grow. Or I, I think this person is meant to be a connection for me. Right. Because you're looking time. for it. You're looking for it unconsciously. That's the cool thing. You don't have to do like the reticular activating system does all the work. You just have to tell it what's important and remind it. Underline italicized bold. Remind it that it's important. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. It, it tell it what's important and remind it. And it's not. I think this is the hard part for me. It's like and and for everybody, right? We have to remember we're dealing with decades of conditioning and decades yep. of programming that we're trying to rewire. And so that's why I think what you said just now with the reminding it, it's a constant, like we yes. have to be on top of it all the time. Like, Oh, look there, I'm aware of it again. Let me choose a different thought. Yes. It's not that those thoughts aren't going to come up. It's just, you have to be so conscious and intentional about it. Right. Exactly. And I always use this example of a pen. If I've mm -hmm. been writing right-handed my entire life, Am I suddenly going to be able to pick this up with my left hand and write the Gettysburg Address? Nope. No, I, I would give up after the first word because this is too hard. But if I say, okay, I'm going to start by just writing the letter A and practice and practice and practice and practice. Does that mean that sometimes just totally unconsciously when I get ready to sit down and practice, I'm going to pick it up with my right hand rather than my left? Mm -hmm. No, it's my, my brain is, you are right-handed. Great. Pick it up with your right hand. But it's the awareness of, oh, wait, I'm not wanting to write with my right hand anymore. I'm wanting to switch to my left. Yeah. The goal is not to write with the, the Gettysburg Address with your left hand. The goal is to say, whoa, I'm writing with my right. Let me switch to my left. 
they that's wanna... the win. Mm-hmm. And it's it's simple. It's not easy. It's simple. But that awareness is what creates all the change in our life. Yeah. You have to have the patience. Yes. That awareness. You know, it's so funny that you brought that up because I have a um, one of the things that we do in my group program, like I'm a sales coach and I teach sales, right? And I have them every single day brush their teeth with their left hand. That's how we start the entire program. And there's four things that I have them do. That is one of the four. And they are non, most of the four things are non what you would think sales related, but that's the whole point. This is about me just teaching you strategy because I could show you the strategy, but you could also go look it up, right? Like. There, there's plenty of information out there. And one of the reasons that we do that is I want them to know just because you learned something doesn't mean you're going to be able to do it. And your right hand knows how to do it really, depending on you know what, what your dominant hand is. Your right hand knows how to do it really well. Your left hand is going to be all weird and you're going to have toothpaste all over your face because you can't just pick up the toothbrush and know how to do it right away. Yeah. But you're eventually going to get to a point where you're going to go, whoa, I didn't think about it. And I just picked up the toothbrush in my left hand. That's the first sign that you're starting to train your brain on that side of your body. And and one of the reasons, and, and this is a little bit different than what you said, but one of the reasons I have them do it is I want people to remember as adults, we're not great learners. We beat our, this falls into your, your category. We beat ourselves up. Yeah. We play the perfectionist game. We're like, here's the information. I should know it already. I should be yeah. really good at it. You taught this to me yesterday. And I'm like, well, you also know how to brush your teeth. Why are you not doing it well with your left hand? It's a reminder that just because you've learned something doesn't mean that you have the brain wiring, the muscle memory, the muscles developed to be able to do it. We have to be patient with ourselves and give our give ourselves time. I love that so much. Can I steal that? That is so good. Oh, I, I love that idea. And I think a lot of it boils down to, I call this Harry Potter syndrome. Like we grew up with stories like Harry Potter, where Harry goes to school and he hops on a broomstick and he is the LeBron James of the Quidditch world, like instantly. Totally. And we're all looking for a Quidditch skill. We're all saying, well, if I can't do it perfectly on the first try. But we grew up with stories of these people who just like fell into things immediately or like quick monster movie montages where people like learn how to become super buff within a 30 second music over period. Right. And we forget that that period, that learning, conditioning, Trying again, saying, oops, I grabbed it with my right hand. Okay, try it with my left again. Okay, do, 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 do. That is one of the most important tools of learning, full stop. And we're allowed to be beginners, especially perfectionists. Listen up. You're allowed to be a beginner. You're allowed to suck at something. Go back. This is my favorite exercise to do with people. Go back to your favorite podcast and listen to the very first episode. Yep. It's horrible. I don't care what podcast it is. It is horrible. It's nothing like what it is right now. But yep. you had to start with that. My, my first episode is an entirely different niche, an entirely different name. I'm singing the intro and I'm not going to lie. I don't like it. <laughs> like It's not great. And I had no idea what I was doing. But now I'm four years into it and it's a very different experience. But you cannot just drop into something four years of experience. You right. have to start as a beginner and That's give yourself so, the grace, the yeah. grace to be a beginner. Yeah. And enjoy it. Like, I think that that's part of, you know, as you were telling that story, what, what came to mind is I remember probably because my dogs are barking in the in the background here, but because we're talking about perfectionism, I'm like, yeah. I'm just going to let them bark and it's just going to be part of it. But I remember, sorry, everybody, we've got dog stuff going on. 
Hey. It's all about being imperfect. I love it. Always. I love it. This is like the perfect way to be imperfect, right? <laughs> uh, perfect way to be imperfect. I remember wow. when I was training my dog, Cassie, how to shake. Mm-hmm. And when she finally did it, it was like this huge celebration. But part of why it was so celebratory is I remembered all the nights where we were like struggling through it and she wasn't doing it. And it, it's like, that's what made it so meaningful is because of the struggle, because we were a beginner, because it was frustrating at times. Yeah. And I think we so often just want to rush through the journey. We want to rush to the finish line. But like the journey really is the gift. And the finish line just means that we've reached a certain point, but that's not actually how we became who we became. Yeah. It's all of the struggles that got us there that really is the real win. Yes. And I think it's so, again, simple, not easy to look back and say, wow, like I see how every single time that I thought that I was in rock bottom, it has now led me to where I was today. Mm -hmm. But it's so funny. We so rarely stop and do that. I love one of my favorite, I know it's uh, August in the midst of us recording this, but one of my favorite exercises to do on the planet is a very strategic end of the year exercise where you go back through your entire year or even like I I did this in 2020 decade, the past decade and look at like, what were some really high highs and what were some lows that have turned into high highs now? And the really interesting thing, Nicole is I forgot most of them until I sat down and actually looked at them. And I'm like, wow, we are all so busy looking forward all the time. And this is such a perfectionistic technique because perfectionism is always about how can I be enough? How can I be enough? This, that thing, that thing will make me enough. So I have to go after it with all abandoned. And by looking back at those experiences, it's like, wow, look at how far you've come. Mm-hmm. And it's this entirely different energy. It's almost just like, not almost, it's entirely this gratitude yeah. that we don't have as much when we're constantly chasing forward. Because gratitude mm-hmm. is about it's about abundance looking forward what's next what's next it's about lack what am I lacking right now mm-hmm. what is going to make me enough gratitude is I am already so full I am enough that's why I have all my clients mostly all of them do a daily gratitude practice mine too I love it's so necessary like it, it's there's so much research backing it up it's not just like woo-woo techniques like I believed growing up I was like gratitude's just about getting in it like whenever man I did some research on it and I was like, wow, this cures so much, not only negative thought patterns, limiting beliefs, like it reduces our stress levels in our body, which makes us like live longer. <laughs> like it does, it does all these really cool things. And it's so simple. It's yeah. writing three things or thinking of three things while you're brushing your teeth with your left hand. Think of three things you're grateful for. Yeah. So simple. Yeah. I have, um, this is another one of the four things that we do. Uh, write a thank you note every day. And that's how I ask them to, and, and, you know, everybody gets to choose how they want to do it. And I think a gratitude practice, however, that that makes sense for you. Cool. One of the things I like about writing the handwritten notes is it allows me to express gratitude to someone else. And that makes me feel good because I'm, yeah. I'm saying to someone, hey, thank you for this thing that you did. And I read a book a couple of years ago. And to your point, like you did the research and you looked at like what gratitude actually does. I read a book, it was called 365 thank yous. And through this book, you just see the guy write a thank you note every single day for an entire year, his entire life changed. And it's a true story. And I was like, Oh, I want to try that. And I've always been a big, a big note writer. But yeah, like what we keep saying, like, 
what you appreciate, appreciate. And when you show gratitude for something, you're saying, thank you, universe, more please. And this is exactly what you're saying. It's training your brain to look for that versus to look for where you're not enough. Exactly. Bingo. I, oh, I might, I might have to pick that book up. That sounds really, really interesting. It, it is. It's, it was, it was really good. I've read it a couple of times actually. And um, yeah, it just makes such a big difference in, again, training our brain. Cause that's really what I'm hearing you say that, that yeah. it is we have to do. It's like, Oh, look, there it is again. There's another one of those thoughts. Let me think something that, you know, doesn't, doesn't make me not enough. Exactly. Catching Perfectionism, overcoming perfectionism is really, I I, I have a lot of people hop on like discovery calls with me and be like, okay, what's the secret sauce? How do I get rid of this? And I'm like, the secret sauce is you fucking condition yourself every single day. Yes. And you make the commitment to do that. Right. One of my favorite quotes is, if what you're doing isn't working, stop doing it harder. Mm. And right now, a lot of perfectionists, what they're doing, and they're, let me, they're doing it hard. (laughs) One of the things I love about perfectionists, they do not half-ass it. I love it. They go all in. It's really cool. But they're going all in on the things that are making them miserable or the things that are making them feel like they're not enough. What I do is I literally just say, hey, let's open up that scope a little bit. Well, that's not working clearly. Let's try these things that might. And without a doubt, within a few weeks, they're like, I got my whole to-do list done and I didn't beat myself up about it. I actually breathed through it. And I'm like, go figure. <laughs> that's amazing. Or like, or I, or I realized all the things didn't need to be done on my to-do list. That's my favorite one. When they're like, I realized one of these things was like a five-year project and I was trying to do it in an hour. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like that sounds about right. Or like, I showed up on social media and I didn't re-record it 45 times. I did the first take and I flubbed a little, but it didn't matter. I just posted it. And that is like one of the coolest things. I love seeing those little teeny, teeny tiny, heavy air quotes, transformations that lead up to the big change of realizing, oh my God, I am enough just the way I am. Yes. Oh, I just got chills when you said that. Yeah, oh. it, it is. It's That's the toughest. And it, like you said, it's it's simple. It's not easy. Yeah. And it takes a lot of intentionality around catching that throughout the day because our habit and it's reinforced by society and the people that we're all around. Right. Everybody around us is in very many spaces focused on negative or focused on where we're not enough. And so we have to be so intentional with it that even though those forces around us might not be moving towards where we're moving towards, we be intentional about like, hey, I'm still going to make the choice that's best for me. I'm still going to choose the thought that's best for me. I'm not going to buy into this shit that I'm not enough just because I didn't achieve yada yada. Hey, I'm interrupting you real quick because I know you're enjoying this podcast and I know you're listening to this podcast because you care about your business. You care about the people you work with and you want to help people. As a matter of fact, you want to help more people. But I bet you often ask yourself, where am I going to find clients? And I've got your answer. I have a free training video for you. It is called 33 Places to Find Clients, and it comes with a workbook where you can take notes on all the 33 places that I give you. So I want you to get this downloaded. It's free. Get it today because ultimately it's going to help you understand where to go every day to interact with people so that you can start to get more clients and help more people, which is the goal of all of this. So go to healthystepswithnicole.com backslash 33 places, download it watch it. I can't wait to hear from you and hear what you think about it because this is going to be a game changer for you to know every day where you need to go and what you need to do to find more people to become your clients. Okay. Now back to the show. I love the the phrase you become what you consume. 
mm-hmm. and not like consume like yum, 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 pizza, yummy. I'm talking consume like between your ears, the energy between a friend or a partner or a loved one. If the people you, I heard this quote, um, you become the five people you hang out with the most. Mm-hmm. And I, I learned, I heard that quote. I immediately went to my journal and I wrote down the five people I hung out with the most. I didn't like four of them. <laughs> like four of them were making me miserable or stressed all the time. And I was like, okay, this is something to note. So I did not cut them out of my life and like say, you know, flip them the bird or stuff like that. I just slowly distanced myself from them. And I started listening to more books and podcasts. And soon those five people became people who did not realize I existed. They were my favorite podcasters, my favorite audiobook people. And like all these things that I just, I was filling my ears with that, but my life completely changed because I was focusing with a different energy. And I was not letting that negativity impact me near as much. And eventually not at all. Most of those people have been enough distance from my life where I speak to them maybe once a year. And I don't say that with any animosity or anger. It's just truly like, I love the way that my life has figured out. And some of those five have now shifted into like real life human beings. who I speak to on a daily basis, but it was almost like the gateway drug that I needed to like have those people who I was able to listen to them at a drop of a hat. I didn't have to set up a date for us to hang out. It was just drop of a hat. I was able to listen to them and it really makes a big difference. It does. Yeah, it does. I love that quote. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And it's true. And I did a very specific assessment myself as well years ago when I realized, whoa, who am I putting myself around? And Mm -hmm. what does that what does that do for me? Or what is that saying about me and the experience I'm having of life because of the people that I'm around? And you again, you have to be very intentional, put your put yourself around the right people who are going to help you grow. And I think one of the hard parts with that is like, but what about those four people? Like, I don't want to make them feel bad or I don't want to, you know, like people get, but you have to care about yourself more. You have to care about your own well-being more. Yes. And that takes some time. Sometimes like some people are able to be like, okay, peace out, squirrel scout. Like I'm going to go listen to these people. Some people are (laughs) a little bit more like, okay, like I just need to distance to myself from them on Mondays or put my phone on do not disturb during the work days. Like, by the way, everyone listening, Use the do not disturb function on your computer and your phone more. Like this is a total side tangent, but holy God. Yes. The amount of lack of focus that we have. And then by the way, which leads us to beat ourselves up later because we didn't get that test done in the amount of time that we said we would is unreal. Actually, I I strongly recommend everyone reading the book Limitless by Jim Quick. It is an incredible book. Um, actually, I literally have it on my desk because it's just something I pick up at the drop of a hat. It's brilliant. But he talks about how much we are used to distraction now and how it is literally causing us to waste so much time. By the way, wasting time, I don't care about. It's the beat up that you give yourself after you wasted time. Yep. That's yep. what I care about. And so just use the do not start function on your phone stepping off my soapbox but 100 no wait yeah. I will 100% endorse it I'm so glad you said that I know that's not what this podcast is about but it is a game changer when I recognize that I could just wait none of the notifications come through and I almost forget throughout the day and then I'll look and I'll have you know when when the do not disturb goes off at a certain time I'm like oh yeah oh gosh I got all those notifications or all those messages but those would have held me back all day from exactly Especially if you are a business owner, which I know most people listening to this podcast, that is right up your alley. If you are writing emails, 
or if you're creating a course or if you're filming something or any of the thousands of things we do when we're newbie beginning uh, business owner, put your phone on do not disturb. Allow yourself to get into flow state and enjoy the process. One of the, um, there's a great TED talk. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot her name. But the TED talk is called How to Have More Fun. And she dissects what fun is because like, hey, Nicole, go have fun. Just it's kind of like, how do, okay, um, like, you know, like we, it, it's a little bit more like, okay, what do I need to do to have fun? Where yeah. she categorizes fun as playfulness, flow, and connection. Flow is not in there by accident. And your phone, your computer, your email pings that go off every five seconds, those are disrupting your flow, which is disrupting your fun. Yeah. Stepping off my soapbox again. It's no, I love it. I'm so glad you brought that up because that is it's a game changer. Mm -hmm. And um, I kind of just want to have. I I use it when I sleep at night. So when I wake up in the morning, the first thing that I see is not a bajillion notifications on my phone because that's just exhausting to me. I also put my my social media apps and my email um, and my Mm -hmm. Voxer, which is my communication platform with my clients. I put that on Do Not Disturb Mm because from 9 p.m. to 7 a.m. the following morning. That is Nicole, yep. Nicole's time and Nicole's time only. Yep. And I get up at like 5.30, I get up 5.36. And that hour and a half between then and when my phone lights up and says, hey, I'm ready to be used is invaluable to me. Yeah. Yep. But I have yep. to put those things in place. Yeah. Well, and I would imagine, and I would love to hear this from you, perfectionists want those notifications because that is attached to some kind of Thing that they can do or somebody who needs that some kind of worthiness yep. that they are seeking by seeing those notifications. Here's what I've learned. And it's very much up that alley. They're terrified of staying silent with the voices in their head voice, maybe hopefully not voices, but voices <laughs> in their head. Yeah. If we go on yeah. a walk and we don't have music or an audiobook or a podcast playing, it's like, like I, I've, I've had, Clients come back, they're like, my shoulders are up to my ears. I don't know how to breathe. Like, I'm freaking out. And I'm like, because you stopped trying to numb yourself out all the time mm-hmm. and instead was quiet and allowed yourself to be alone with yourself. Yep. Now is where the fun begins. Yep. And so along that same note, it's that hit of external, like someone, someone's thinking about me. Someone's like, I, I can do this. Like, and instead, when we slow down, when we turn those notifications off, when we put our phone in another room, if you really want to freak out your subconscious mind, it allows us a chance to really get to know us. Yeah. And that's terrifying. But yeah. it's also one of the best journeys that I, I believe I am well still in. I don't think it ever ends, to be honest. But it is one of those journeys that is invaluable, and especially for perfectionists, because your perfect version of yourself is not you. You are so much deeper. You are so much different. And really, it starts by turning off the things that allow you to just constantly be like, well, I'm perfect, right? But this will make me perfect. And allow yourself to just be with you. And again, it may not be pretty at first, but that's kind of the point. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it's, it is. It's like you are taking yourself out of the real you yeah. if you're never spending that time just being with yourself. And it is scary. Yeah. It is weird. It is strange to just be with yourself and be with your own thoughts. And it's tough for people, which is why I think a lot of people avoid it and just they keep themselves busy and going through the motions. Absolutely. Yeah. 10 out of 10. So we have talked about a bajillion amazing. I hope people have been 
taking note because there's been so many gold nuggets that you have dropped and shared. Let's just sum a couple of them up. What are some things that you would want perfectionists to know, like maybe the top three things that they could start thinking about to change their ways? Number one, there is not a one size fits all all perfectionist. Mm -hmm. I have done a lot of research and in my four years of coaching, I've really uncovered three different types of perfectionism. And if you want to learn more, go to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash quiz. I have a free quiz. You can take it. You can figure out which type you are. But I want people to know that there's different flavors of perfectionism. And by learning which flavor you're in, which by the way, you can be in all three at different points in your life, but not each type has the same formula to get out of. They're Mm -hmm. different. So I educate yourself on which of the three types you tend to lean the most into, and it can be multiple. Um, I would also really, 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 really recommend get help. Don't do this alone. I know the badge of honor says if I do it alone, then I get to be more important, whatever. Don't get a book. Listen to a podcast. You're doing good. You're listening to the one right now. Yes. Or if you're if you are able to hire a coach, hire a therapist, hire a mentor, someone who is able to walk hand in hand with you who says, hey, here's the path. Let's walk down it. Because if you try to figure out the path on your own, you're like Dorothy with 20 different yellow brick roads. And which one do we go into? Which, by the way, perfectionists tend to get overwhelmed very easily. 20 different yellow brick roads. That's the key to overwhelm. Never mind. I'm just going to stay here. So have someone to walk hand in hand with you, even if it's just a book. That is that is so okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I like rules of threes, but I can't think of a third one. I'm going to stick with those two. (laughs) Some good ones in there. So yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that that is um, just getting the support that you need is probably yeah. the most important of all, right? Whatever that looks like, if it's a book, if, if it's a podcast, if it's a coach, if it's a therapist, like and maybe graduate into those different levels. Um, I know books were my first thing. I was like, yeah. I'm going to start reading books. And then it led me to podcasts. And, you know, it just, that was how I started to climb out of the hole that I was in essentially is what I would call it. But start looking for it, start being available for it. And yeah. I just, yeah, there's so much more than, than holding ourselves to that ridiculous standard of not enough. Yeah. Yes. Um, amazing. Well, where can they connect with you? Because there's a lot of perfectionists listen to this, Nicole, that want to rid themselves of this. And like you said, it's a, it's a journey, right? It's not like a snap your fingers, here's not how you do it. <laughs> so where can they follow you, find more from you, learn more from you? I am everywhere at Life Coach Baker. So if you go to Instagram, I'm primarily on there. If you like funny reels of me calling you out on your perfectionistic tendencies, I start there. Um, I'm at Life Coach Baker on there. If you like podcasts, which I'm assuming you do listening to this one, I have a podcast called the Life Coach Baker Podcast. You'll find a familiar face on there. We have Nicole on there a few few weeks ago. I think it was even like maybe a month ago. Um, and then go to lifecoachbaker.com if you want to learn about my courses, my offerings, my one-on-one coaching programs. It is all in there. And I have a link to book a free 30-minute call with me to do some coaching and talk talk about some stuff. So that's where you can find me. Amazing. Thank you so much, Nicole, for being here. Double trouble, Nicole squared, all <laughs> of the above. This is such a fun opportunity to chat with you and allow you to share all of these um, valuable pieces with everybody because there's so much here in letting go of that perfectionism and what that means for everybody once they do. So thank you for sharing this. Thank you for having me. This is any chance to talk with you is just a blessing. So thank you. I know. I always have so much fun. We'll have to, we'll have to do this again soon. And I really, really appreciate you go check out the life coach, Nicole Baker. Wait, life coach, Nicole Baker. Life coach Baker. Life coach. Just ditch the Nicole. 
that's what I call my dad all growing up is life coach Baker. And so I, I, I'm now life coach Baker too, but that just got too confusing. So he's the OG. I'm the, I'm the 2.0, but life coach Baker. That's so cool. Okay. Lifecoachbaker.com. Check it out. Go take that quiz. Find out what perfectionist you are and um, get the help you need so that you can ditch it for good. Awesome. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you everybody for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review so you can get more of this amazing content. I love you all for being listeners and for being here. Thank you so much. I'll see you next time. All right. That is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this, subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. Also, please leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me and it would help others who are considering listening to this podcast to understand how amazing it is. And while you're at it, why not share with a friend? And by the way, one last thing, I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. So you got a couple options. You can check me out on Instagram at Healthy Steps with Nicole. You can find me in my private Facebook group, Nicole Sales Superstars, or you can go to my website, HealthySteptsWithNicole.com. I would love to hear from you, and I can't wait.